Me Too Netter, Volume 1, The Great Oracle of Tahuti and the Egyptian System of Spiritual Civil Cultivation. Chapter 2, beginning on page 25, last paragraph. Hebrew scholars claim that the etymology and meaning of the word ham is uncertain. Now the word is actually pronounced cam as it is spelled with a guttural H, C-H-E-T-H. The popular pronunciation with the aspirated H is the product of sloppy scholastic scholastic scholasticism it is a loan word from ancient egypt ancient egyptian language where it means black and the ancient egyptians called their country commit the land of blacks and themselves kamau black people this can explain why all of the races and black has been referred to since ancient times by the color of their skin. Negroes from the Latin negro, meaning black. If it were natural to do so, we would find that the other people would be referred to in a similar manner. Instead of all other people of antiquity, we are referred to by the name of their nation. White people call blacks blacks because the Kemetan people started the whole thing by calling themselves, by thus calling themselves. Their paintings and sculptures of themselves testify to the fact that they are of black race. And so are the words of foreign eyewitnesses. Herodotus, the eminent Greek historian who visited Egypt around 450 BC describes the Kemetan people as having black skins and woolly hair. An eternal Egypt. Prairie Monet describes the Kemetans as follows. They had clearly defined features, prominent eyes, usually large, almost flat noses, thickish lips, and somewhat low foreheads. Such were without exception the kings of Egypt at the same time of the Old Kingdom. Many individuals presented the same features, for instance, Rainifer, who lived during the fifth dynasty of whom there are two statues in the Cairo Museum. It is interesting to note that Monet fails to sum up these characteristics as black, especially when he has seen the statue of the priest Rainfer, which is indisputably that of a so-called Negro. So desperate have historians become that their attempts to identify Ham and another race, they have classified most Niloctic blacks like the Masai, M-A-S-S-A-I, and the Somali as non-Negroes, yet they are hemetic. Interestingly enough, the same historians label the same blacks as Negroes when they are referring to them during the Egyptian historical period. So now come today, they are of the so-called non-black hemetic nor nilotic race. 
The answer is to be seen in the fact that they are more and more evidence that more and more evidence is poor is pouring in showing that ancient Egyptians and the contemporary Negroes of the Sudan and northeastern Africa are linguistically related. To show that Kemet is ethically ethnically and culturally related to Africa, Frankfurt wrote of several of the earlier African prehistoric cultures of the Sudan south of Egypt. Today, they represent the African substratum of pharaonic civilization, the material counterpart of the affinities between ancient Egyptian and modern Hamitic languages of the physical resemblances between the ancient Egyptians and the modern Hamitics and the remarkable similarities in mentality between these two groups, which makes it possible to understand ancient Egyptian customs and beliefs by reference to modern Hamitic analogies. In the Symposium on the People of Ancient Egypt and the Deciphering of Mer- Merotic Script, 28 January 1974, published in 1978 by the UNESCO, Theo, Theophile Obenega introduced the irrefutable evidence that the ancient Egyptian language and its descendants, the Coptic language used by the Coptic Church, are related to the African languages. He provided the point by giving a substantial list of words that are common in meaning as well as grammatical functions to the Kemetan, Coptic, and modern Negro African language, i.e. he used the same principles that prove the unity of the languages that are classified into Indo-European Iranian. A very important aspect of the Kemetan language that I am sure Egyptologists must have noted but have kept silent in the widespread occurrence of words that are written in the same manner but differ totally in meaning. They have kept silent about this because it is irrefutable. Ties It irrefutably ties Kemet to the rest of Africa. For example, the Kemetan word a Ow, ow, a a u a u has the following meanings: grave, tomb, to come, sleep, slumber, to punish, to do harm, to bespatter, to make, to charge against foreign interpreter. In every case, the word is written with the same letters, while the reader distinguishes the meaning from the added hieroglyphic symbolic determinant. The only way that speakers list the only way that speakers, listeners could do the same would be through variations of intonations and accents. For example, in the Twi language of the Ankas of West Africa, may ba means my son. When the ba is accented and I am going, when the me is a, is Me ba means my son when the ba is accented, and it can mean I am going when the me is accented. In the Chinese language, 
The word she means damp stone to cause and to be. When pronounced in an even pitch, rising pitch, dropping, then rising pitch and dropping pitch, respectively, the only way the Kometan speakers could use the word a or a ow ow a a u a u to mean so many things could be by such intonation differences if we let the carrot represent the accent the less than sign a drop in pitch and greater than sign a rise in pitch we would get the following Ow, ooh, ow, This is probably a pronunciation you might have to see, and so on. It must be noted that this phenomenon is widespread in all African language and is, is, and is the main problem in the creation of the alphabetical systems for recording these languages. This is the one of the reasons why Kometans never abandon their hieroglyphic system a fact that historians to this day cannot understand. Incidentally, this linguistic phenomena is what gives the Oriental and African distinctions their characteristic sing-song patterns. Studies on the hemispheres of the brain have shown that this melodic superimposition on speech in relating in relation to meaning is due to the right side of the brain. This ties in with my premise relating the black and oriental races to the right side of the brain. This pattern is virtually foreign and the distinctions of Western man imposes a great barrier to their learning these languages. Perhaps a real source of hermetic problem is to be sought in Canaan this far, it seems that historians are getting away with making it a white and Semitic nation. The basic argument is that the Old Testament compilers believed that it was. Hamedic believed that it had in extensive economic and cultural dealings with Kemet. Jewish scholars know better. In their later religion, religious texts commenting on the Ot, the Old Testament, we find the following. Others say that Hammond himself unmanned Noah, who awakening from his drunken sleep and understanding what had been done to him, cried, Now I cannot beget the fourth son whose children I would have ordered to serve you and your brothers. Therefore, it must be Canaan, your firstborn, who they enslaved. Since you have disabled me from doing ugly things in the blackness of night, Canaan's children shall be born ugly and black. Moreover, because you twisted your head around to see my nakedness, your grandchildren's hair shall be twisted into kinks and their eyes red. Again, because your lips jested at my misfortune, theirs shall swell and because... You neglected my nakedness, they shall go naked, and their male members should be shamefully elongated. Men of this race are called Negroes. Their forefather, Canaan, commanded them to love, theft, and fornication, to be banded together in hatred for their masters, and never to tell the truth. 
This quotation was taken from Hebrew myths by graves in Patai. It cites the following Jewish religious texts as the original source. Sources. The above is one of many rabbinical texts created for the purpose of clearing up difficult biblical passages. In order to justify the taking of the land of Palestine from its original inhabitants, the Canaanites Genesis states that Canaan shall bear the curse of the perpetual slavery to the Semites and Europeans for the sin committed by his father Ham. Accordingly, Ham committed an injustice against his father Noah by walking into the latter's tent unknowing of the fact that the latter was drunk and naked. Latter Rabbis was, was, were uncomfortable with the passage on one hand because they could not justify the rationale for charging Ham with a crime and the punishment. Sentencing his descendant to eternal enslavement cannot stand up to common sense of justice. On the other hand, they knew that the story was an adaptation of the well-known Middle Eastern mythical theme of the father's castration by his son. It occurs with Greeks in the story of Cronos' castration of his father Uranus, Uranio, Uranus in order to usurp, usurp his power. The Hebrew version is most likely derived from Hitti myth, derived from the Hurrians, in which the supreme god Anu curses his son and cupbearer Kumarbi because the latter bit off his genitals. I trace their version of the story to the Hittites because the Hebrew people originated ethnically from a mixture of Hittites. Amorites and blacks, their language and religion is an adaptation of the Canaanite tradition, which is black. That the Jews got their language and religion from the Canaanites and Sumerians through Babylon is well documented by historians. If the proceeding is not convincing enough, let's quote from the Babylonian Talmud translated or edited by Rabbi Dr. I. Epstein. For when the Africans came to plead against the Jews before Alexander of Macedonia, they said, Canaan belongs to us, and it is written, the land of Canaan with the coast thereof, and Canaan was the ancestors of these people. Here we find a Jewish rabbi dealing with historical records of Babylonian historians who were eyewitnesses to the historical life of Canaan, calling its inhabitants Africans as the later called themselves, as the latter called themselves. The event described above occurred around 332 BC with Alexander, when Alexander took Palestine away from the Jews who had initially taken it away from the Canaanites. Incidentally, the taking of the Palestine from the Canaanites by the Jews is the pivotal theme of the Old Testament. The Hebrews' quest for a land of their own because of the Jewish 
involvement in the history of Canaan, I cite their references as the most authoritative regarding the racial identity of the people of Canaan. This fact must be extended to embrace the Fuencia, which is merely one of the cities of Canaan. It is very important to take note of the fact that racially speaking, the Semitic people originated from the same stock as the European. They were the first of the Eurasians to migrate from the North into Western Asia. There they became politically and culturally subjected to the blacks who were far ahead of them in civilization. Having adopted the culture and the language of the latter, they practically lost the knowledge of their original tongue and most of their culture has happened to the blacks in most of their culture as has happened to the blacks in America. The main stock of these people must be traced to the Amorites and Hittites. Amorites as known from Kemetan paintings as the Amu, the other sources are tall, fair, blue-eyed, some are blondes and others are brown-haired. The Hittites appear in history as an essentially white people slightly mixed with black and oriental. As they are depicted in their own sculptures, the Kemetan paintings, they cannot be told apart from modern-day Persians and Armenians. The language of Hittites was related to the Latin and Celtic, which may account for the guttural element of Semitic speech. Once these people assimilated culturally by the blacks of Western Asia, they lost their language, but not their speech articulation pattern as had happened to the blacks in the West Indies and America. For certain, we know that the Hebrews were a mixture of Hittites and Amorites and Canaanites. In Ezekiel 16, three, we read of the Jews saying about themselves and say, this saith the Lord God unto Jerusalem, they, thy birth and thy nativity is of the land of Canaan and thy father was an Amorite and thy mother a Hitti. Why cannot we conclude that the guttural element of Hebraic speech came from the Indo-European language of the Hittites? Additionally, the terms Hebrew and Arab were derived from their common ancestors, Eber, who was the grandson of Arphaxed, who was a direct descendant from Shem. But Arphax is a good Indo-Iranian name. I relate it to the Medians. My argument is finally strengthened by the fact that it should strike anyone as a great oddity that the studies of Semitic languages were written down long before that of the Indo-Europeans and thus stabilized and thus stabilized have yield no common parent no common parent before they were separated, as has been done for Indo-Europeans before commenting on this. Let's take note of the fact that while the languages of the Indo-Europeans, Africans, and Orientals numbered over a hundred each with hundreds of dialects, there are with generous concessions only three Semitic languages with no more than four dialects. They are one, Akkadian, and its dialects, Babylonian and Assyrian, two, Aramaic, 
and its dialect Hebrew and three Arabic. The reason for this is that the Semitic languages are really variants of essentially black languages. Therefore, they attempt to find the original Semitic language must lead back to the Canaan Fuencia. In fact, this study has been done, but it surpassed by mere silence on one hand and on the other by passing Canaan and Fuencia's Semites, whites. We will see that in their mode of thinking and therefore in their cultural expression, they share everything in common with the rest of Africa. Stopping at the bottom of page 31 in chapter two. Here ends the reading and there are no new definitions.